0: Myth, magic, medicine, and everything in between. Two doctors talking. Hello, and welcome to Myth, Magic, Medicine. I'm your host, Denise Dillon Mahia, retired doctor and now consulting hypnotist. And this podcast is just two doctors talking. My guest today is a doctor who runs a non-profit physician mastermind podcast to help others find ways to create lives that straddle the messy tension between personal and professional goals. Melissa, so lovely for you to join me today. This is Melissa Welker, an MD, who is an anesthesiologist full-time and mother to two small children, little boys, I believe, right?
1: Yes, yes, two and four. How old
0: are they? They're almost two
1: and four, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, fun. I love the conversations for that age group. That's just fabulous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're really cute. <laughs>
0: yeah. And this
1: is really early in the morning. So they still fast to sleep, you're hoping? Um, I hope so. I am actually hiding in the basement um, so that they don't hear me. I have a really old house so that you can hear everything. So I hide in the mm-hmm. basement often. Yeah. Okay. So then maybe they'll come on an exploration and find yeah. you in
0: a little bit. <laughs> so we should get the show on the road. Okay. Melissa, what are you going to be talking to me about today? I, I'm really uh, intrigued by your blog tonight,
1: uh, <laughs> Cordelia Crossing. I like that. Yeah. I thought um, you know, we were we've been chatting a little bit. I thought it'd be interesting to talk about just how to how to balance everything, how to balance what you want personally and how you want what you want to balance professionally and how to find that that I think some people now right now call it that rainbow unicorn or golden unicorn. Mm-hmm. Where you both thrive as a as a person and as a clinician oh i thought i forgot to ask you your partner is he also in medicine he's not actually he did um he did some consulting before and then when COVID hit and we had our second kid he now stays home with the kiddos
0: oh that's nice yeah you have that flexibility yeah yeah
1: Yeah, it's really really nice yeah so when
0: when you were you were an athlete you said What what was your your runner?
1: Uh, so I've done many things. Um, and I think most most of the time I do. I'm mostly a cyclist now. Um, Mm -hmm. with little kids, it's mostly aspirational. Most, you know, my my uh athletic endeavors are aspirational. Um, but I did triathlons for a while. Like in med school, I did uh triathlons. I got an Ironman for a year when I did my MPH. Just fun. Uh, I swam for a long time and. Uh, so most things, swimming, running and cycling are the biggest things for me, but anything outdoors
0: Mm -hmm. kind of Oregon, that's great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: So your, your kids, do you think it's, it's the practice of medicine that slowed you down athletically or, or having children because they (gasps) take up so much of your time when you're not being a doctor?
1: (laughs) Uh, You know, I think it'd be so interesting if I tried to uh, put the timing uh, together um, I think the medicine slowed me down honestly first. Mm-hmm. Um, so just doing you know our in house calls so often, I think, was a big issue. Um, and then having kids just adds a whole other you know thing oh. to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. here. And speaking of kids, I mine actually split my um, oh, once found you, That's dog. Okay. <laughs> well, no, no, I think my dog child is. Uh, oh. requesting letting out so let me Go come ahead, back man. otherwise you'll hear her whine for a while no
0: problem I can clip things out I'm so sorry very, for that that's perfectly okay <laughs> but in fact I should have done quite a few of these with people who have children and the children come and join them on their laps it's fine
1: we'll I know just I know that the bits out <laughs> that may happen too <laughs> yeah we have a, I have two dogs They're we got them in residency and actually so now they're um, geriatric they're geriatric dogs oh. And so I have geriatric dogs and toddlers, and they both need a lot of potting.
0: <laughs>
1: and okay. I've been told people can tell I have little kids because I say things like potting. Would you like to go to the potty too?
0: Yeah, that's okay. It does go away after a while. <laughs> <laughs> As their language changes, so will yours.
1: <sighs> so
0: you're, you're an anesthesiologist. Yes. You work full time. Yes. Does full time mean Monday to Friday? Are you on call? Do you have a full standard schedule, or what's the? Oh, what is full
1: time to you? Um, you know, that's a question so many people want answered. Um, <laughs> so, I think I, whenever I talk to people, this is actually something I tell them to define: what is full time? When someone says they have a full time job, what does that mean? So, um, ironically, my job could be construed as slightly less than full-time or slightly more than full-time so what that means is i do non-clinical work on monday so i i'm our ob medical director as well mm-hmm. ob anesthesia medical director so um i have non-clinical days on mondays and then i work um tuesday through friday definitely and then call plus call as well so one weekend a month um, it's usually about 72 hours uh full weekend and then you know I take call probably one to two times a week um that sounds, more than, hour, that sounds more than a 40 hour that sounds more than the 40 hour I think it's usually about 60 ish yeah. hours a week that's why I said it depends so it's funny um according to some calculations i am less than full time and other calculations i'm like 1.2 times and then uh yeah so that if you add admin time which we don't so that's why technically i'm not Ah. technically full time um but after you add admin time it would make me full yeah so
0: you get monday off as in we won't put you on call on monday but there's a lot of stuff you have to finish on those
1: correct 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 yeah Um,
0: do you specialize in a particular kind of anesthesia? You're, you're um, related to the OB section. So do you do, yeah, do
1: you do a lot of OB? I do a lot of OB. Uh, and that was, uh, ironically, um, I would love to say that it's because I had this, a lot of experience and I was the best person for the job. Um, it, ironically, I think I was, I wanted to get involved in the leadership. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I also, uh, when I took the job, had just was thinking of having another kid Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to make the department better. So I thought, you know, if I'm going to have a kid and I'm going to have it here, I'm going to work on making this a better place for not just me, but other people too. But it was a little bit selfish because I knew that I was going to have another kid. So, uh, so that's what I took that, uh, that job. Otherwise, you know, I think, uh, I have too many interests. Maybe it's probably my fault. Uh, my problem, but I do general anesthesia mm-hmm. and I, we, the hospital I work at, so my group, we cover a bunch of different hospitals, but the hospital I work at that I really like, um, mm-hmm. the type of work we do is we are a tertiary cancer ser- center. And so we do a lot of big cancer cases, like colorectal mm-hmm. cases. Um, are you, are and- you involved
0: in pain as well or? Um, that's a different section. <laughs> that's
1: a, that's mostly different, that's a different section. Um, so we, I do pain, but not, not as much chronic pain. We'll get co- consulted, but, um, just as medicine like works out, it's hard to actually integrate that with acute, mm-hmm. acute like perioperative care. So I do, a um, mostly the perioperative side, not so much the chronic side. Mm. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you've got that nice full-time and a bit job and you've got two kids that you're taking care of (laughs) and your husband is able to stay home which is fabulous yes
1: (laughs) yes highly recommended
0: yeah highly recommended but but not always a possibility for people but it's great if you can do it um (laughs) and and he's continuing to work i assume but but around the kid's schedule
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and
0: so what why have you started this other little thing that you're doing it's you yeah you were talking about
1: improving the
0: world uh, for anesthesiologists at least
1: <laughs> yeah no that's a great question uh and the funny thing so I have another one of my uh friends is a anesthesiologist she's my account accountability partner and it's interesting because she asked me sh- recently that really kind of hit to to hit to my course she says it sounds like you keep trying to find an ideal job for everyone else but Mm -hmm. you still haven't found the ideal job for yourself and I think that you know we I think as people and as clinicians and who how whatever title you want to put before you uh, as life moves we move and evolve too and I think that I realized that that might be a continuous search. Um, mm-hmm. just and a continuous evolution. And I think I'm trying to embrace that. And so my what I did is during COVID. So everyone's been hit by COVID. And I feel like during COVID, that whole phrase could probably be put on so many podcasts and searched. But um so everything shut down for a while. We were just doing emergency cases. And so uh There was a lot of there was this big push-pull need right so there was you know people going not doing cases when covid wasn't bad here and they weren't really working here and then people are flying to louisiana or new york and you know you got they guys hit hit pretty bad um and so there was this supply-demand mismatch right and also I think a lot of people who had never taken a breath were forced to, were forced to, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, not everyone had that. Some people just kind of kept um, going on, but there was this big shift. And I think that what I realized, and what I think a lot of people realized is that if things don't change, we're not going to have a whole lot of physicians. Um, and we don't do a very good job of, using our resources, you know, using Mm -hmm. our people in effective ways and figuring out ways to get them places. Right. So even the credentialing became easier. State licensing became easier because it was like a pandemic, but there were so many groups that needed people or people just couldn't, you know, they're not working, so they're not making any money. And so they're having that, that issue too. And I realized we just don't do a very good job of, of finding that balance, finding those people that want the, want work Mm -hmm. or need work or more work. And then what about those people that, you know, their parents are sick and dying, or they have little kids or, you know, they have health reasons and finding that and addressing that. And I think, um, I think medicine has to change. And that really became apparent to me that if we want to continue address, if we can want to keep physicians in, and I'm talking about myself, this is like, I think very personal for me too. If we want to keep physicians in, I think we do have to find more creative ways of really finding. um, I think,
0: I think medicine is, medicine is changing. The thing is
1: how much of the change
0: is being driven by people actually doing that work and how much it is being changed by bean counters. That sounds vicious. That sounds, you know, bitter but but how much of it is being driven by by analysts and systems people who've never actually been in the trenches yeah um so so do you see your work is trying to to make a little bit of a change in that are you trying to get more more conversation going with physicians
1: yeah what needs to change yeah i think i think If, if I go really far back, yeah, honestly, a lot of it's just trying to figure out what actually makes a difference, you know, what changes Mm. make a difference. And I, I'm hoping that, you know, right now I'm building a platform that hopefully will help people exchange that information a little bit better. So they can say, you know, that I, I am a, you know, the whole spectrum, like I am a person with a ton of debt and I just want to work. I mean, You know, if you, if that's the person you want, you want to make the most money, you want to work, pay it off, become financially independent. You don't have kids, you know, whatever your thing is, or, you know, you want to work part time and take care of your kids and, um, parents or, or you just want to travel or, you know, all the in between, um, find a way that you can say, this is the kind, this is the kind of life I'd like to lead and have and say okay this is the this is the place where I can do that like that makes sense so that we can keep people in in medicine um and I do think I do think medicine is like you said I do think it's changing um but I think like anything in medicine I realized it's changing but we if we, we either change with it and mm-hmm. influence That's the change right. or it changes it takes us with it and it's so interesting for like at the towards the end of the so where we are now, right? I shouldn't say the end of the pandemic. Who knows? Okay. But um, i will just be another one. <laughs> <laughs> where we are now, right? So there's this huge physician shortage. There's mm-hmm. this huge, especially for anesthesiologists. But it's true. There was. Got, the
0: the, we knew that we were going to be down numbers anyway, just because of people just retiring yes. and and the lack of of the increasing of in population, but. Staying static in the number of physicians available was going to lead to a shortage.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, yes. I mean, we've known, I think um, we had in one of my health systems classes and my, during my MPH, they, someone gave an analogy, or this might have been a lecture, of uh, medicine being a raft that we were all, we were all like paddling on, right? We're all mm-hmm. like paddling, trying to stay uh, upstream of this huge waterfall we are trying to not go over the edge and crash Mm and we're all going to paddle really, really hard, but we're not going to make it. Like it's going to go over the edge until we either, you know, find an engine or get off or something like that. But somehow we think if we just paddle harder, we're going to make it. Right. And so I feel like, I mean, that was, you know, 15 years ago, someone gave that analogy. And so I think that we're, we're kind of there now. Like, it feels like we're, we're here where this, this time is going to, Something as big feels like it's going to happen, at least for me. And what I realized is if this were a normal job, right, we should be able to, we should have the leverage. We should have the ability to make good changes for physicians, right? There's not enough Mm -hmm. physicians. There's um, this huge need everywhere needs people probably in every specialty. I might be wrong about every specialty, but most specialties. And yet instead of things, conditions getting better, most of my friends during uh, COVID things took pay cuts, are Mm -hmm. working more than they want to, are working more short-staffed with less resources, um, taking more call than they want to. Um, And they're not necessarily... And I don't think money fixes hardly anything. I just think it's a band-aid a lot of times, but it is, you know, it's, it's a necessary band-aid maybe. I think that that's not even, that's not even necessarily going up for some people it is, but it's not really being addressed either. And so I just feel like if we have all these things that are pushing and we should have this ability to change and make the system better because people are leaving, you know, there's not enough of us already. and physicians really need, or not, physicians really need, but also patients really need, like, good care. Like, there's so much need. Um, and it still doesn't feel like it's going the right way. And mm-hmm. it, I feel like if all of these, quote, market forces, so I love economics too, but if all these market forces can't push it to be better, mm-hmm. what... What is, what's going to push it to be better? I think we have to, you know? Yeah. And I keep looking around. I don't know if you've had this experience. But I keep looking around. My mom had many joints replaced in the last two years. And one of the orthopedic surgeons said, you know, I hope you don't get her joints because you're going to get joint replacements too. And I think, oh, she if you do that exercise. it's probably <laughs> true. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, I look around and and I say, yeah, but who's going to replace my joints? Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to take care of me? Because all of us you will know, be the same age as me. You know, like right. we're no, all I'm, about the same
0: age.
1: I'm in the already people getting replaced, so
0: I'm I'm, I'm older <laughs> than you. We see it and it's terrifying. I had to change. Uh, I had a I had to go to a funeral, and and uh, so I had to change a doctor's appointment that was made six months ago that but that was a stand you know it was a six month change so i called the office i said i'm really sorry the next appointment out for my primary doctor was seven months so basically Mm -hmm. sorry you don't keep this one you don't have it here in delaware are desperate for primary care yeah and um a lot of nurse practitioners being filled up into spots and i'm a snob and i won't see one i will for routine stuff but if i have a question i want a doctor to be answering the question Um, and it's, it is kind of scary and it must be even scarier for people who are younger looking at, you know, 20, 30 years from now, how things are going to look.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it, I, it is scary is definitely a word I could, I could use with a relative impunity. I feel like, um, I try to think of it as being. Interesting, maybe <laughs> At least Chinese. I interesting,
0: interesting times. Yeah, yeah, maybe.
1: <laughs> um, in the sense that I, I, I mean, I hope that, I hope that it's just the, the darkness before we reform. We can say great for, for patients similarly for me when I was pregnant. Um, I couldn't. It was it was so funny whenever uh, COVID was both good and bad. Right, so they cut down the amount of OB appointments. had to go to or that they were recommended um and uh because of my age i'm high risk or i was high risk i should say and so uh the amount of appointments was less than when i was low risk
0: but if the requirement is presumably because they want to make sure that things are fine is that a good idea how many things would they have missed i mean i've I've had (laughs) The the death was caused by a friend dying suddenly. The pre- funeral funerals, a friend who, who died of cancer. She didn't see her doctor for ages and all of a sudden it was too late. And yeah. yes, there was a lot, she didn't like doctors. She was very nice to me, but she didn't like doctors. You know, there's a lot of trust issues there too that, yeah. that led to that. But really the, the lack of the ease of having routine appointments really impacted an awful lot of people's health in other ways.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I, I, that's what I think too, is that if you or me or, um, even my husband had to go in for something recently, um, have a hard time getting in, Mm -hmm. um, and a hard time navigating the system. I think that clearly other people will too, you know, and I think if you're set up with all the resources, I similarly, you know, I've had this with my with my kids and nothing nothing big for them or anything but just getting in the appointments is hard. I I think that the the hard part about medicine is I think we get the system that we put in, right? So if we put in these people that and we tell them that you know that their life doesn't really matter or like their outside life. We don't care that you have kids. We don't care that your parents or friend there's dying or anything. You need to work. You need to do your RVUs you need to get all these other things. Then of course, when they see the patients and the patients have these same issues, ideally they would say, oh yes, I'm a person too. I get it. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's hard to remember to take your meds on time. It's hard. These are things like life is hard. Right. Instead of that, I think that because, and you know, it's not really an excuse so much as just, I think that's, that's what would naturally occur is that then, yeah, when you can't. When you have to cancel your appointment, they would say, "Well, I mean, tough. Like that's <laughs> this is just like what this is what I get told when I have to um, no. go to my funeral. Whatever I have to choose between this and this, um, I I and I just think those two things have to change. You know, I mean, they yeah. don't have to change, but I would like a system where where people were treated." with compassion and generosity and understanding, um, and kindness, regardless of if you're a physician or a patient. And I think if you treat, it has to go on both sides. You know, I don't think that people talk about that analogy, you can't pour from an empty cup and all that other Mm -hmm. stuff. But I think that, I think it goes on both ends. And for me, um, you know, I hit we we talked a little bit about the finances so I one of the, my big goals kind of driving goals that I didn't realize kind of kept me in medicine not thinking about things was paying off my debt and once that was gone um I looked how around. long may, may I ask how long did it take you um two and a half years very good <laughs> Um, I'm not sure if I am, it's so funny now that when I talk to people, I'm not, uh, sure if I'm uh, proud of that because as part of me, then, you know, a couple of years later, COVID hit and I thought, oh, when we weren't doing all these things, we could have been, so there's a balance. Um, but yeah, we paid off our debt really quick. Um, we just we did, we did just lived like a resident yeah. for yeah. a long time. And similar, I love what you said that. Uh, I think I made $35,000 a year as a resident. I think it might have mm-hmm. gone up to 40 at the end. It was big, big. Um, but yeah, so we paid off really quick. And I remember thinking, okay, now the shackles are off. Like now my debt is gone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then- But now you around, have two
0: little dependents that are taking all the money anyway. Well, this
1: is, this is true. <laughs> But, you know, you look around and you think when your life doesn't work or, you know, when you can't get home to see your kids or these other things, I think that um, sometimes you start questioning, like, is this really what I want my life to be like? Like, is this mm-hmm. really what I want? And I think if I'm questioning that, I think a lot of people are. I don't think that that's a unique thing to do. Um because I think people want, they want, I think people in, in intrinsically, they want purpose, they want meaning. Yeah. They also want, you know, to yeah, know, you want to know that your work kids. mattered to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that, of course,
0: actually, I suppose anesthesia is perhaps. You, you don't get some of that feedback, you know, how often does the patient wake up from anesthesia and thank the anesthesiologist, you know, how much, how much interaction do you actually get with, with the patient?
1: That's true. That's true. People usually do not remember me. That's what I always tell them. Like, you won't remember anything after you wake up by the time you get out, But, um, the, I mean, I will say that selfishly, that's a little bit why I like OB anesthesia. Hmm is because when you get to see babies being born, which is like this, Remember, someone says having kids is like one of the most optimistic things you can do. Because not only mm-hmm. are you saying right now, you know, I have the ability or whatever to, to take care of a new life, but that new life also has a potential lifespan of 80 years. So you're saying yeah. for 80 years- I'm the planet's in, I planet's still gonna be here. <laughs> I definitely had that thought before we having kids, but, um, and so I think that's just, it's such a, such a cool place, like such a very reverent place to be able to experience. Mm-hmm. So that's really nice. Um, and also I think that women have been, especially women's pain has been kind of discarded for a long time it says yeah, I, in the bible
0: we're supposed to be in pain you know that's
1: that this is we're true clearly this is your, written by a man <laughs> this is your uh punishment it's that's so funny i think isn't it your punishment for uh eating the apple and yes, kicked out of yes. paradise and, yeah paradise yes. and uh labor pains. which i i think sometimes when you go back through history this is a whole other topic but history and medicine you think oh this makes sense why we do it this way it's still mm. messed up but uh, it makes sense because you have all this but I think the ability to have that transition period without feeling like your body is ripping in half Mm -hmm. is really nice, you know? So I'll go in and put epidurals in and people go from like screaming to like, oh, this is okay. Like I can do this. This is fine. Right. And I think you're right. That feedback, what it's on one of my partners said, it's like getting your cookies at work. Like that's like your... like a it's like a really nice treat like you did a really good like job and you don't always get that but with that a lot of times,
0: and most of the time everybody in the room's happy and obviously there are sometimes awful things that happen but yeah (laughs) but most most births are joyful
1: experiences yeah yeah well and I think it's interesting too because like as a I don't know how you feel uh, probably similar in the in the emergency department too a lot of times I I see people at a really bad, yeah, day. Like their day is not great. They have can't like you know they have cancer. They're coming because they broke some bone in their body. They found out they had something that needs to come out. Maybe they're worried they have cancer. Maybe mm-hmm. they're, you know, um, they're having a brain tumor aneurysm they're worried about dying or maybe you know maybe their yeah. heart big heart surgery yeah there are, lot- very,
0: there are very very few entirely voluntary visits to a doctor that aren't somehow painful at, at some level yeah but giving birth whilst uncomfortable is for most people a wonderful thing and everybody yeah. in the
1: room is happy oh. yeah yeah exactly and and that's what i tell people that 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 is the really nice part about that that part of my job um, I mean the other part when people wake up and it's okay and they were really worried they were going to die. That part is good too. But sometimes they wake up and you say like, well, good, the cancer's out. Mm. Now to the chemotherapy, you know, yeah. it's not, it's not, done that's not yet. quite as satisfying. <laughs> yeah. It's just life. It's just life. Mm. But yeah, I, it's interesting talking, hearing you talk about your experience a while ago too and it's so the corollaries are still pretty strong I feel like but the I mean I think our in life our experiences are more similar than different but it's interesting that you're right in in a span of time medicine hasn't changed in the half century almost since I started (laughs) I'm amazed at how old I am
0: stunning anyway um (laughs) let's 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 go back a little bit I'm not sure (laughs) but I may rearrange this a bit but but so you've you've started a foundation how do you how do you describe mm. the work that you're doing your consulting work?
1: Yeah um, it's I would say it's it's a journey right now a lot of that I'm trying to uh, define for myself so mm-hmm. my getting into kind of I call it like non-clinical stuff mm-hmm. is I realized that there was this big part missing you know that I That creative, that kind of more global vision part that I Mm -hmm. had always thought. Like, I got, I went into medical school and I um, got an MPH thinking I was going to work at like the Bill Gates, Mm -hmm. uh, Bill Melinda Gates uh, Foundation, do a lot of public health work. And that's why I was going to go into emergency medicine, do all this other stuff. And then I found out I did, it just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I remember I started looking. At how, and I'm still looking at kind of how I really want my life to look. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, one of the things that is I'm very passionate about, like we've talked about, is trying to tell people that, or find ways where people can find that 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 I don't know if I call it balance, but that tension, mm-hmm. that a uh, push and pull that feels right to them between all the different aspects of who they are and to embrace that person as a whole person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of the consulting I do is problem solving. Like, how do you, we, how do you figure out how to, to staff and say, it's okay that you can go on a sabbatical and like travel with your kids in Europe. Um, and that actually might be a good step. It's not easy you know, figure out how to replace that person or do these other things, but that person will probably come back.
0: Are you working with administration or you, do you do one-on-one with physicians who are looking for balance for lack of a better word?
1: Yeah. So far I've done mostly with physicians themselves. Um, and I've just started reaching out into bigger organizations too. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of, I, that's that part. I'm trying to redefine a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. but that's, that's kind of what I worked with. So people that are looking to leave medicine, see if there's a way to, to ask for what they want to be creative and cre- like creating their job. So I think a lot of do people
0: you, presumably looking, do, do, do they know what they want?
1: If you've no. never seen it, how do you know it's there? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that's, I mean, I think that's the huge problem, right? Or I shouldn't say the huge problem. I like to think of it as a challenge, but (laughs) yeah, you're right. I think that that's similar with women in medicine or other um, minorities. I think that it's hard to, it's hard to see things you haven't seen before. And, and so I think that's actually part of the reason why a lot of physicians are just quitting Yeah, because they haven't seen a way that it works better, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, so interesting because there's when you feel like start giving people or telling people like well if you're just gonna quit your job will probably there's there's so many people there's so much need if you just tell them I'm not I'm not gonna quit if you let me go half time or you mm-hmm. let me go three-quarter time or you let me go quarter time Because Mm -hmm. a quarter time, a half time or whatever is more of you than they're going to get if you quit. So if you go into it and you ask and you say, hey, like right now, so one of the one of my colleagues I worked with um, recently uh, I won't name names or anything, but um, their their dad died and they just couldn't do it. Like they just didn't They weren't in a the space. They needed some time. They needed to take a break, you know? And I think the one, there's so many, I, I think in the U.S. culture, unfortunately, we don't have a very good, we don't address grief very well. There's not a system. I don't know if the system is right for everyone, but there's just not a, we don't acknowledge. It's not respected
0: it. and honored the way it needs to be. Yeah. say here, have a pill. Like, Let's get rid of it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yep. And so I said, of course you feel like you need some time. Like that makes sense. Like whatever you need. Mm-hmm. Whatever, I think everyone's different, but whatever you need makes sense. Um and he felt like he just couldn't ask, you know, mm-hmm. for that. Um and he just didn't see. And I think just giving people options saying like, okay. Why don't you, you know, why don't you just ask? Like even just something so simple as saying, you know, if you ask, the worst they can do is say no. Right. But if you don't ask, then you've already given, you've already put a no, you've already given yourself the no. Right. Like you've already, uh, you were already going to get the worst thing. You just don't want to actually feel it. Um, and you do, think, do, like you an think high,
0: do you think, do you think people at some level think they will be penalized for asking? Yes. Because you're weak or some yes. other strange thing? You're not a real doctor if you don't want to work 115 hours a week.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I think, I think they are afraid. And unfortunately, I don't think that fear is invalid. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that there still, there still is that culture, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. But we do in general in the U S and in much of Western hemisphere, at least, uh, um, we put a, a strange sort of badge of honor in overworking. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. I haven't had any sleep. Th- this is not a good thing. Why aren't you taking care of you? How can you take? We, we, we don't let long distance lorry drivers or people fly planes without sleep. Why on earth would no. you want a position without sleep?
1: No. Yes. I think it's so interesting because you know, obviously there are things that I wish were not the case. And sometimes, you know, someone does, someone does have to work at night, right? Working at night, as you've mentioned, is not good for anyone, but someone does have to do it. So there is that. And I totally recognize that, but I agree with you that it's, it's too bad that not only is that a badge of honor, but asking for help or saying like, I am too tired is still not okay. And I would say that's still the case. Like, I don't think that, um, I don't think that that has changed that much. I think it is hopefully changing what the culture is changing, but I would say it's interesting that whenever people talk about residency workout restrictions and stuff, a lot of times I hear people say, well, what are they going to do when they graduate? And they don't have any workout restrictions. Like, how are they good? They're not going to know how to work 72 straight hours. And I said, well, no one knows how to work 72 straight hours. We just have convinced ourselves that we can do it. And can you really do it? I mean, I can't like, yes, I technically have to take 72 hours straight of call. Um, most of the time, like we we're working on breaking that up more. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have neurosurgery colleagues that, are even working on they used to take a week straight of call which is just insane
0: and they're operating on people's brains that's even crazier mm-hmm. <laughs> not that there's any part of my body i would want but that that really is not <laughs> no not good
1: but yeah i mean that's just like physiologically i don't care you know i don't know if you've i've seen the dr glauconflecken so he is actually he works at one of the hospitals that i work at um
0: Oh, I didn't realize where he was in the U S yeah. Yeah.
1: He's in, he's in (laughs) Oregon. And so funny, he has this thing with, about neurosurgeons and they talk about like how their biggest goal is to overcome their physiologic need for sleep, like rest and sleep or food and sleep or something. Mm -hmm. And then like, what's their biggest strength, their, their ability to overcome their physiologic need for sleep and food and rest. And I think, um, That's how medicine is, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, that's a parody. We think that's funny because we feel that. And I think, um, I don't know how to address those things. Like how to address the fact that that we still need people at night and we still need people to take call and we don't have enough people, but we can't do it this way. But I think we still, even though I don't have answers, we should look at solutions and not yeah. just pretend it's normal.
0: Yeah, when I, you know, again, a million years ago, my eldest child is now <laughs> almost 37. Um, but when I was pregnant with him, the the males in my cohort were, some of them were very supportive, but several of them were angry with me because it was gonna mean more work for them. And they didn't get paternity leave. I didn't, we didn't get maternity leave. I had to take vacation time for my for my pregnancy time. And I, but, so I said, the first child, I went back at 27 days. The, when I was in fellowship, I had to go back at 20 days. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, you, y- you being out, you falling out of the system, even if you just had a really bad cold or conjunctivitis, my God, in pediatrics, you can't work with conjunctivitis anywhere. Uh, <laughs> it, it puts a strain on the other people because there just yeah. is no give in the system. There's no there's no additional people to pull in. Um, well,
1: and you learn that so early, right? I think right, right. Now, well, of course, you can't
0: have locum tenens residents. No, so, but at least no. in the in the attending level, you can if you pay enough, you can get people to come and work that shift.
1: Well, it's funny. So my intern year, we did everything right. So, um, ironically, on my pediatrics rotation, I did nights. I was on nights for wards for pediatrics and, um, I am, I did not get tested. I will say, so I'm not a hundred percent sure this is what I had, but for the whole three, four weeks of nights, I am pretty sure I had RSV or at least for a good chunk of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I remember walking around the hospital at night, you know, at day two, three o'clock in the morning with a mask the whole time. I mean, this is pre-COVID, mm-hmm. so wearing a mask would have been really funny. And having the nurses come up to me and say, like, you know, that patient doesn't have RSV. You don't have to wear the mask. And I said, mm-hmm. this is not for Yeah, me. <laughs> It's not that way, like, it's this way. <laughs> is because I'm sick. And they said, why are you working? And I was like, we can't, I mean, there's no one else to work. And so I remember working with 103 fever at night for weeks and I
0: just I, I remember saying so that when one of my fr- earlier attending level jobs and I was like well, what do you think your strengths are what do you prepare I remember telling somebody I'll work to 102 and I won't work past that <laughs> 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 that oh, I, my brain doesn't yeah. work past 102 but no. I, I can handle life <laughs> Tylenol I can handle 102 oh. um but but what kind of message about looking after yourself is this? What kind of public health message is this? <laughs> Go around, spread your disease amongst your patients. Well, compromised.
1: <laughs> well, that's the funny thing about that is that's so bad for patients, right? And the funny, the funniest thing is we had, there was one week, I think, where I switched to days for some reason, mm-hmm. and there was a resident retreat or something, but just for the pediatrics residents. So I'm the only non pediatrics resident on there. And they needed someone to cover that day-to-night switch. And so they said, hey, how about you just continue working? Like from nights and you just continue and go in the day. And I remember thinking, I am literally sick. Yeah. And you want me to keep working because there's no other person.
0: And it's it's also harder to go from nights into days than to go from days into nights. Because everything's, you know, (laughs) all these extra people around. and I liked, one of the aspects I liked about nights was also, oh, fewer politics (laughs) and all the other stuff.
1: Yeah, If I I asked somebody
0: to do something and they didn't do it, I realized they hadn't done it and I got (laughs) it done.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there is something, I will say, there is something calming about walking around a hospital or something at night when you have a moment of, peace like that just feels it does feel more peaceful like everyone's Mm -hmm. asleep there's not a whole or probably not that many people are asleep but you know ideally and you're walking around I do actually I do think if it matched my physiology and all the other stuff that I wouldn't I don't actually mind the work I like to work at night sometimes because you know it needs Mm -hmm. to be done and you're right there's less politics there's less drama usually not all the time but Mm -hmm. yeah so that part i
0: don't mind it has been lovely talking to you you must find something else we want to talk about to talk again uh, but but i would like you just to give a little bit um i know that some of your website is still being built out yes but how for those people who are listening to melissa i'm wondering what is the answer i want to talk to somebody uh, about the answer how can they can do you work only with anesthesia people or do you work with with uh, the rest of us lonely beings.
1: Uh, no, I am uh, I work with whoever, uh, I, honestly, right now, I'm trying to kind of hone down my niche. So I work with all physicians. I think all physicians, it's much more interesting to me to talk to non-anesthesiologists because we're kind of weird. So um, you can go to my website, Um, And then hopefully soon, uh, the platform I'm building will be a physician home. That's a physician home, all of the same word.com. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me know when that's live and I'll put it in the show notes. retroactively. Wow. I don't want
0: people to go there and not be able to get to something, but yeah, uh, but I will put it in later. And, um, but Cordelia crossing is there and you've got some articles yeah, there, there and, yeah. and people would be able to find you that way. Yeah.
1: I'm also on, uh, I have a love hate relationship with social media, so I'm trying to embrace it a little bit more, but, um, also on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn as well. Um, and yeah, yeah. that's That's uh good good. what do you
0: think is next for you are you are you going to take a vacation with the kids soon are you are you (laughs) did you did you manage to get some time out of this time and a half yeah Yeah. 1.2 (laughs) full-time
1: hours or whatever it is you're doing um yeah no that's good we actually just um we just got back from kind of a, a staycation Oregon so really nice in the uh, summer so Beautiful. we just stuck around mm-hmm. and went to the coast and took a little time off and I tried to get a little caught up on on my non-clinical work and um yeah so we're gonna do that and then hopefully plan we're, we're planning our first big post-COVID trip um in December so We'll see. Okay. We'll see That's how that goes. It. And you've got you've got
0: all the school coming up too for your kids. I mean, if you've got a four year old, you've gonna got another year probably before they'll
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right now we're uh um after we get off the the you know, this to, today they're going through swimming school. So we are swimming, reading basic stuff, um, not biting people, school, that oh, kind yes. of stuff. Yeah. 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 Being so, sociable. Face- <laughs> they're they're pretty good though. They're they're actually pretty good. Uh but yes, they're they're so I tell people they're so close together that uh they get they get along really well and they also fight really well, but mostly mm-hmm. they get along. They're pretty cute. Mm-hmm. They're I I tell people that I think if the you don't want to put a ton on your kids. So I don't want to say <laughs> that this is definitely all of them, but um it's too much pressure for them. But I think that they are a huge part of the reason that I realized that I should take better care of myself because I wanted to, you be to around. show them a better way. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be around. And I also, you know, they watch you, uh, they watch everything you do. And mm-hmm. I realized that, you know, we can, I can tell them, oh, you can do a, whatever you want. And you need your you're in intrinsically worthy and all these other stuff. But if I don't show them yeah. that they so you feel support. the same way. Yeah. So now I have to do it. And which is really good. Um that they'll say, Mom, you said you were gonna do, and then they'll say X, Y, or Z. And then they're just the best accountability partners. hmm That's
0: really right, so, great. Thank yeah. you so much for joining me. Yeah. yeah it's we'll been see you
1: again generally. soon. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Bye. Right, bye.
0: Thank you for joining us at Myth Magic Medicine. If you have found this episode useful, you can apply for free CME credit through the link provided in the transcript. If you're not a medical professional, please remember, while we're physicians, we're not your physicians. So please consult with your own healthcare professional if you think something you have heard might apply to you or a loved one. Until next time, bye-bye.